Listening to another beautiful episode of the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican broadcast. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper, bro. GHBBuds.com for all your recreational medicinal cannabis needs. One Chula Vista powerhouse to another Chula Vista powerhouse. And today, Jesus Christ, bro, today, we got a local leader, a hero, a champion of rock, a worldwide international rock star. Oh, and Glasses is here too. Ese, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you South Bay's very own Marcos Curiel. Yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. <laughs> They're all for you, bro. Kill the champion. What's up? Man, our paths have crossed many a times, and fortunately, for we have a mutual homie in glasses, and he was able to unify the bonds and be the conduit that brings us together and have you here yeah. in our humble little Emo Brown Studios in Chula Vista, bro. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. Glasses and thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah. Damn. you I'm, really... so, I'm starstruck still, you know what I mean? Well, well, I, I kind of told him, I'll do it if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> show me yours and I'll show you mine. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I joined in. Right? That's how you get in trouble. Cabrón, cuidado. Mr. Marcos. What's up? Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. You are a, a local legend, bro. You are legitimately... Mm. Somebody that influences the whole South Bay, whole South San Diego. I've talked to you earlier, and, and I, now I know your your whole upbringing is, is from San Diego, South San Diego, bro. Yeah, pretty much. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, I am a kid from the neighborhood. I grew up actually in, I was born in at Mercy Hospital. Grew up in Logan Heights, National City in Chula Vista. Mm-hmm. And I still live in the South Bay. Damn, something about the South Bay that just kind of like, it's a magnet. It's like a boomerang. You can try to leave as much as you can, but ultimately, it, it's, right you know what it is? It, yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's comfort. It's, it's, it's everything I know. If it ain't here, I don't need it. Well, because I, I got a, back in the day, I got a divorce and I ended up moving away. Mm. I ended up in Santee. For like eight years, and I realized, wow, this is cool. This is cool. I'm trying to get out of. I'm trying to get out of this, you know, get away from what was going on at that time. And then when I came back, I was like, damn, it's like night and day. No, perceiver, culture wise, everything. How, I mean, so yeah, you've been from Chula Vista for a while, and now you see Chula Vista for what it is. How do you like it? How do you like what Chula Vista has slowly turned into as it relates to the the nightlife that we have now, the cultural the, the culture that we've brought here into Chula Vista? Because once upon a time, I don't know if you're aware of this, I had the mayor on here, and she was telling me about how once upon a time Chula Vista was segregated, bro. There were certain areas in this in this community that people of color, Mexicans, blacks weren't able to purchase homes or be property owners. And it's like now it's like you look around, it's, we're diverse, man. I want to say we're one of the diversest community communities in California for sure. It's dope. I uh I think it's awesome, man. I uh, grew up here, went to a lot of shows. I grew up in the straight edge scene here, the punk rock scene, garage shows, backyard parties, you name it, House of Suffering, all that stuff, man. Like um, amenity, forced down. I was in that scene and it made me want to play. Hell yeah. Well, let's get into that. What made you want to start playing music-wise, musical instruments? Was it something that uh you were drawn to as a child, a little squinkle. Did you play the piano or who taught you how to play anything? I'm self-taught. That's all. And uh, Come on. it wasn't like a clique of friends. Hey, let's start a band. It was just something I, I, I want to go back. Like I was watching, I wanted to be a pilot 
Uh, and I had a whole plan. I'm going to go freaking join the Air Force, be a pilot, become an airline pilot. And then that, I saw my first like rock video on MTV. Guy was like sliding on his knees across the stage. <laughs> and then I was like, getting at a striker, white striker, white snake, or who was it? I don't know. It was like Monsters of Rock. Monsters of Rock. And it was a stadium and I'm all, it a poison. I'm like, that's what I want to do <laughs> Hell right yeah. there. And you know, I, I, but I got into, I started at, in the whole punk rock. I was in a, for a little tough stint for like three, three, uh, I don't know, three or four shows I played in a band called Chicken Farm. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That, that's a that's a local, local like well, something you told, you know. If you're from South Bay, you say Chicken yeah. Farm, that's how you know you're from well, South Bay. Sulk and uh, Joaquin from yeah. Cumbia Machine. And uh, I just saw him at Taco Fest and I was like, what's up, bro? And it's just, you know, it's cool to see everybody still doing their thing, man. That is awesome because the South Bay is known for that, man. I mean, like you, you, we were talking, we were alluding to that earlier. You ran into Casas, he was around here. Like, we ran into the same crew. Everywhere we're at, whether it's a national city, whether we're going to Barrio Logan, yeah. where Cumbia Machine is coming here to the brewery to play, whether you're going down to the South Bay and hanging out at Hoppy Days, at South Bay Tap House, whatever. It's like, it's all cyclical, man. And that's yeah. what I love about the community that we've established down here. It's fucking awesome, bro. It is, you guys man. are pioneers of that. You know, you, you guys like are at the, when you hear of like leaders of the community, you're like, fuck, POD. POD is always at the center and at the frontmost memories of kids, like or us, our age growing up now. And we're like, shit. POD started all this. It, I was telling somebody the other day, I go, you know what, dude? We're like one of the few other than tribal seeds now mm-hmm. from the South Bay that actually made some noise and actually made it on the grand scale. Um, when we were playing Soma back, the first original Soma. The dungeon. Lin, Lin was like. Hey, my, was, I wonder if those guys are still there. Lin and well, Jeremy. Yeah, Lin was like, yo, Jeremy's not there. Lin, I don't know if he sold it or what, but his whole strategy was like, I'm going to bring this band in from the South, uh, Blink from the North. Sprung monkey probably Sprung from, monkey the, from east. the east. Yeah, for and sure. Put these local shows together and there'd be 2,500 people there, dude. That's the way to do it. And uh, we were always repping South SD. That's a lot of responsibility. Because yeah. fast forward, you guys were established well, in 1992. Well, the thing is, our homies didn't know how to pit. They were just beating people up. <laughs> that's, old, that's old school though, bro. We would have to tell the friend, like, hey man, you can't be punching people. You got to like... Mosh, but push. There, well, that's the thing. I've been reading a lot of books about bands that I grew up listening to and just kind of like learning more about the history of, man, there's a lot of tortured souls and, and just like addiction issues and everything going on. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy world. It, it's a double-edged sword. You want to be a rock star growing up, you know, but you don't know what you're getting into until you become a rock star. And I was what, reading about all this, like the pits and this, bro, there was like straight up gangbangers that started following like the suicidal tendencies and they were called the suicides or like the FFS, suies, the yeah. suicides. And it's like, you went to these shows and it was fight or flight. Like there was no like, oh, I am machine, tirando, yeah. tirando hombros. No, it was like, that was putazos, bro. Well, we would be on shows with a band called Psychic Zoo. Yep. And they were, you know, they had a lot of skinheads with them. So then we'd bring our homies and- they had a lot of mutual respect, but we would see a lot of like- When you're in the pit. Pedo, pedo was gonna start and we yeah. had to stop playing and being like, yo, it's not. And then everybody ended up having respect, but it was like- They could get out of hand. People were ready to throw down some putazos right in there, man. Can we talk like that? Like what, bro? Yeah. In a garage in Del Sol or in the in just somebody's garage? Yeah, in, probably in somebody's garage. In Wov's garage in Del Sol. Hell yeah. Off Mainland Avenue, bro. Ahí comenzó todo el show. Uh, me and Wov pretty much got together. We had another band called Escatos, which was kind of like Slayer. Okay. Sepultura. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all the vocals and playing guitar. And then we had some other guy on get on lead and then a bass player and Wolf was on drums, but it was all blast beats. Like, yeah. Real talk, fool. When you started playing the guitar and then your homie started, hey, what are you playing? I was... 
I would get made fun of. Like, hey, why are you playing that white boy music, bro? Why are you playing guitar? Why aren't you playing more of this? Because I used to fuck around Norteño and my according to El Pelo, but yeah. I started playing the guitar and getting into like, you know, stuff That's like that. you say that because that happened to me a lot. I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't like, doubt it. That's that musica del diablo. Yeah. That white boy music. Yeah. Yeah. I got the white boy music. music. Yeah. I got that a lot. And I was kind of like, what? I'm, call it what you want. But at the same time, I didn't know where I fit in. Mm-hmm. So everyone used to always just say, yo, um, you're going to be like Santana all the time. Yeah. Right? And I was like, I get it. That's the go-to because he's the, he's the man. I hear some of that Latin like infusion oh, in some of your riffs, it, bro. I give him props. For sure. Him. Yeah. Like I, I see you try to pay homage when, when I hear some of your music is like, Oh, oh he's shit. like a mentor too, mm-hmm. man. I've That's done some awesome. things with him, dude. So, and it, it goes back to the old Selena saying, bro, cause glasses is wearing the pinche Yolanda <laughs> shirt. It's like, <laughs> you're too white for the Mexicans and you're too Mexicans for the white. It's like, where, where do I stand? And, and here we're a border town. So it's, we're very unique in that sense, man. Yeah. It's like, I feel like we, we have our own role, but growing up, man, I went to school, Benita High School. You know, I, I went to school. I graduated from Benita. Send me way. I knew we were connected. What year? Uh, 97. 92. El Vato, nice. And Bonita High School, man, is it, very diverse. It's very white boy influence where, but, back when I was there. Much, all the sociales used to call me El Cholo. Eso, <laughs> El Soch, todos los yeah, and, and, like, and I was like, ah, I'm not Cholo. It's because I, I would get busted in from, from National City mm-hmm. because- There know, were special they, programs back yeah, in the day, yeah. bro, that would bring kids from all over. And I, would, I was influenced by these white boys and, there was, and the music that they played. Grew up listening to Blink-182. Mm-hmm. You know, grew up listening to Unwritten Law, Guttermouth, Pennywise, Strung Out, Dead Kennedys. Uh, yeah. You know, like bands like that, bands on fat records and older bands like Minor Thread and The Descendants. And I was like, shit, I like Norteño. I like old school punk music. But I would get messed with like my cousins. I have been the pinchy white boy. I have been yeah. the leche face playing his white you, boy music. But you never crossed paths like when you were in your band? Nah, probably oh, not. No. Band were you in? I was in a band called the uh, Three Piece Scandal. So we just toured all over the South Bay and, and uh, up and down California. But you guys, I would remember like watching on the bills. I remember watching you on, on the bill at uh, Soma, the, the one off of Pinchy uh, Moreno Boulevard. Yeah. And it was a side show, side, uh, stage show. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, it was NIV, No Innocent Victim. Yeah. It was POD and it was a uh, Dogwood. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. This is a badass, like, this is a killer lineup, man. This is the kind, and those were the shows I remember seeing you guys play at. Mm -hmm. And then, like, obviously for me, from one night to the next, you guys were huge. But I'm sure the hustle and the grind for you guys was next level. Well, we got 100 people, and then Glenn would put us on a main stage show. Yep, that was the rule. And you know who we opened for? Green Day twice. Green Day twice. One of the times I think you guys were opening, um... And oh, I think I was there. They got signed. They got signed. The yes. Yeah. I remember that one. It was like, oh, shit. That's a crazy time. Because there was, once upon a time, I feel like labels were just handing out record deals to bands from San Diego or Southern California. Because that's when punk was on the up and up. I feel like the Descendants came out and they made the album suffer. And it kind of changed the game and made it a little bit uh, harmonic, more melodic. And then everybody started following suit. I like no effects. Stuff. And it was like, whoa, this is the shit I like. And now all of a yeah. sudden there's a spotlight on it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm playing in these bands and I'm from Chula Vista and it's like, fuck, POD's blowing up. Uh-huh. Like POD's doing its thing and it's slowly yeah. like going up the ladder and then one day to the next, you guys no are in no one, no one gave us that, man. We had to work really hard for I don't that. doubt it. Tell us a little bit about because, that. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's one of those things where people don't want to even show love. Even locally, they didn't want to show love. And then as soon as we started gaining success, everybody was like, oh, I was there the whole time. Why do you, what do you attribute that to? That's just... 
That's human nature. Yeah. You know, when Mexicans, you, Mexicans, well, it's haters. not even that. It's just like, you know how it is in being in a band? Mm -hmm. All the bands are on the same level trying yeah. to get fighting, trying to fight for yeah, that, that, for that next bone one. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Dude, dude. That's my guest list. Yeah. One makes it up, then the other band's finally like, oh, well, shit, man, I want to play on a show with those guys. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, cool, man. I knew you guys were going to make it, bro. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden. But that's what's cool the hierarchy of, of, of playing those side stage shows. Give me 100 people, and I'm going to elevate you from side stage to main stage. And that was the whole like idea. Like, Flyering, because back then, man, that's all it was. It was word of mouth. Yeah. It was house parties, and it was flyering. Yeah, you guys are thirty years old in this yeah. game, man. Now, Del Sol originated nineteen ninety two to today, two thousand twenty one. That's almost thirty well, years. Sunny, at Sunny and Wolver from Del Sol. Mm -hmm. I was from, like I said, Chula Vista National City, and and, and Trey. He's a transplant from Cleveland. Four original members. That's that's rare in itself, man. Yeah. To have a band that consists of like just a well, four OG dude. I like to tell people we're the true American dream. I don't doubt it. Like you know, IBM, Apple all start in a garage. POD started. Mo most garage. things do. Yeah. I mean, shit. We started brewing in a garage. Yeah. You know, like it, yeah. it all happens in the garage. You're, you're in the comfort of your own home, and there yeah. it is. People don't understand that being in a band with the same people for two years and a tour up and down three or four cities mm -hmm. is a pain in the ass. Well, there's four different personalities, yeah. four different moods, four different everything. Think about all the people you work with at, at, at your job. Shit. And like you think about like, damn, that person's on a good one or they're tripping a day or something. They're going through something. They're acting like a total this or whatever. That's tour bus, plane, at the gig. During you can't run from them there. And you're just like, I know, I'm just going to just stay quiet. And you, know, and you kind of learn how everybody is. You're with that family more than you are with your own personal family. How did you guys make it work so for so long? Well, you learn. Yeah. You learn and you have respect for everybody individual, individually. Like, you got to be like, yo, I'm not like you. You're not like me. And if you can accept that, then, then you're going to be all right. You have to have that because at some point, some people think, well, you should be just like me. And I'm like, no, we're individuals, man. That's what makes the attention on why it sounds the way it does. Like, I'll never be like Sonny. And Sonny will never be like me, but that's what, that's why the music is the way it is. That's the synergy. That's what makes yeah. it work. There's that balance, that tug and pull, that tension. How long was it before you got, at what point rather was it that you realized, oh shit, we got something here. Like this is, this is, this is working for us. Well, I, I think once we started playing gigs locally, we saw, you know, a hundred people and then it was 500 people and then we started going, venturing out, and then it was like 30 people at a place that we've never played out, out of state. Then it, you know, just, we saw the promise. Then the next time we went back, oh, damn, there's 300 people here on a Tuesday. And then when we got signed, we were in like in Detroit on a Tuesday night, 800 people, and we're a band from San Diego, and it's packed, and there's a line at this fucking little club, and everybody's like, who's playing? And so when Atlantic on? flew out, they're yeah. like, these guys are from San Diego. They're in some freaking rural little off, like, like if we were playing El Cajon or something in San Diego, it was Detroit, but it was like some little suburb and it was just packed. So they were like, dude, we gotta, we gotta sign these guys. And then we sold like 50,000 independent records out of our- Before our being band. signed. You know, you want the blueprint on how to get signed or get attention. You gotta work your ass off, man. You know, it's like, you gotta constantly be touring, constantly be pushing- pushing anything that you have for sale, whether it's merch, because on the road, you're making money on merch. Today, you're making money on merch. There's no CDs, bro. Yeah, no Ain't one. nobody buying CDs, and bro. Not, streaming. artists don't make nothing from streaming either. No. So it's like everything is merch. So that old school mentality of you slinging whatever you had from the trunk, 
Yeah. That comes into play now. Now you're just yeah. setting up an arena zone. You have your nice little merch booth and somebody working it, but. Yeah. And you know, it, it's cool to see people like, like glasses and yourself, like support a band like us because you know what? Like you guys understand, I think a little more and you appreciate where the band comes from. Where a lot of people, they don't know. It's funny. We'll go to like Europe and we'll see people rocking SD hats. Or or That's Asia, it. and we're like, dude, we should get a commission on this. What's up? Where's the mayor? You know, <laughs> cut me a check, people, Todd Gloria. Or yeah. people wearing Padre shirts. For and sure, like, dude. And they and they come at you. They're full on like German or Russian, and you're like, dude, we sell this merch. For, I mean, we don't sell it. They buy it because they're. Do like, you feel oh, pressure that San Diego and POD are one in the same? That Chula Vista, South Bay, South Side, San Diego is one in the same. Is there a certain sign of responsibility that you feel like? fuck, we got to go out there and represent to the fullest? Or did you, it was just kind of organic. Like, this is what we are. This is what yeah. we do. Let's get it. Yeah. What the good, the bad, and the ugly, this is what we are. Yeah. You know, because we're not a bad, right now there's a thing. A lot of bands run a ton of tracks. Okay. A lot of backing tracks and they play along to it. And a lot of people don't, the, the listener doesn't understand that. We come from an old school thing where you plug in, you have a good night or a bad night, but it's raw and it's real. And you're seeing a band. Can't really fake play. that you funk. Can't, can't fake that funk. We're one of the few bands that still does that. And a lot of bands, they have so many tracks running. They'll even have audience noise going, like on the beginning of your show. They'll have <laughs> Creating it. Creating the ambiance, they'll man. Have, they'll, have it, they'll have it in between the, the songs back. live. And you'll be like, so everyone, it fools everyone. Everyone thinks that it's the crowd. Yeah, like, I'm going to go along. <sighs> Shit, you know all right. I'm, yeah. I'm not doing Which it. I don't yeah. hate on that because that's just where the kids are now. And, and, the, and that's where the industry's at. But- that's not us. We're raw, dude. And we're loud. It was like going to a Padre game, you know? Like sometimes it's, there's a lull and you don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden we just, you're like, Wah. and then you're like, what the fuck is going on? I'm going to start screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just a way to like, I guess, like to get people hype and to get yeah. people on there. Yeah, man. Here I am. I thought you really had all these fans clapping. No, bro. Uh, they, 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 <laughs> um, pull the curtain back. Hey, well, man. you know what, man? Hey, here, just, here. Being, just being <laughs> voted like a be, best podcast in San Diego. We had to come out swinging, bro. Congratulations. Gracias, jefe. So, hey, I had to come out swinging. So, glasses, thank you for bringing Marcos in. Mm. I mean, now it's like, shit, now it's real. Now we got to, ain't no faking it no more. And I can't, now we got to bring out the, the big guns and wow. having somebody like you, man. And it, 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 I feel like it solidifies what we're all about in the South Bay. How am I going to run an operation in Chula Vista and not bring one of Chula Vista's like pride and joy, you know, musically, community leader wise. You know, it's like it, it needed to get done. Well, thank you, man. That means a lot. Um, I, you know, any way that I can try to inspire my fellow man, my fellow, my fellow Latino, mm. my brother. That, that's what I'm put on this on this earth. That's what emo around. brown is all about, man. So yeah, that's thank you. I like we appreciate name, it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty emo myself. There it is. My, <laughs> band, my band teases me because they think that I'm the emo one. They're always like, "Oh, Marcos, he's the emo one." I mean, <laughs> he's probably playing in drop D again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Hey, it's all good, man." Man, we 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 respect you guys. We have you guys on. I don't know. You saw the wall earlier. On, you know, here in the brewery, we have a big, like a, a a nice artistic rendition of all the bands that I grew up listening to and shows that I went. It's posters, it's bands, it's pictures, it's images, and on the wall right there, man. It's like, yeah, pod twice, twice, bro. And both of you times are next to tribal. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Well, we've had a long, yeah. lasting relationship yes, sir. for many years. Hell yeah! But I only saw the one that was in the front, mm -hmm. and you showed me the one. And I've been in here a few times. I've never seen the one in the back. The one in the back is the one I like the most, bro. Because yeah. that one's like yes. it's old school. The hat flip, the esqueletos, like oh shit, yeah. you know. And people are like, hey, where'd you get that? I was like, I don't know, man. Our artist brought it in. I don't know what strings he had to pull, uh, but he made it happen. What logo is that from? It's a, it was one of our merch runs. Mm -hmm. Like you were showing me yeah. the different merch art. And I was like, 
that was one of them. And we're always talking about bringing it back. And, and that's a killer one to bring yeah, back, bro. Yeah. It, it strikes me like some well, suicidal tendencies look. Well, that's pretty much what we were going for. Yeah, all right. But if you, uh, like the punk, three punk L shirt that I saw that looks like the Jack Daniels one. Yeah, yeah. Glasses was like, yo, that's old. That's like from the beginning. Yeah. Like, I want one of those. Yeah, we'll get you that, man. We'll get me. you what you need, bro. Hell yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit about your first European tour. And the reason I ask, the bands uh, uh, that I've been researching lately, it's like there was affinity to go to Europe instead of traveling in the US and touring. Is there a bigger reception, a bigger love, a bigger like appreciation for the band, for the artists when they travel from the States and go to Europe? What was your guys' experience I, touring I in Europe? I would say this about Europe. They don't, their attention span isn't like the US. You're hot for a second and then they move on to something else. In Europe, if they're a fan, they're a fan for, for life. life. Longevity. Forever. All right. They don't care. They like love their bands there. They love their bands. The first band to ever take us on tour was Korn. Nice. In Europe. We didn't even have records out over there. We weren't ready. And then the, after that, we started. Going. What were they promoting at that time? Misuse probably, or it, what? Yeah, we, we, were, we were, it was just us and Korn, uh -huh. 20,000 people a night. And I think they were only paying us like $500. But the record company was covering like the expenses. the expenses and everything. And then we were like, but what's the point of being over here if all the fans are like, we can't find your CD in the store. But it created more hype and yeah. people were like, well, I got to order it online. And then when the CDs actually started flowing over there, they were selling out. And when so there's no social media. Yeah, you that know, was it's different like, back then, man. It was a different game, bro. Shit. Do you think you guys as a band starting in 2021, how would you, how would POD approach this era in the music know. biz? Would it work? I don't know because we're, uh, there's a band that's trying to do that right now. And, and they're, they're having some, some success. Fever 333. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that band, but they, uh, they're kind of doing that conscious kind of rage against the machine, punk rock energy vibe thing. And they're getting some success, but they're mixing it in with tracks and doing a little more modern style to their, to their, to their stuff. Um, for us, I couldn't say because I know that our mentality is very punk rock and, and, and old school in the, in the, in in the sense of plugging in and playing. What'd you grow up listening to? Oh, every, what did I not listen to? I mean, cause you know, when you grow up in a household of Chicanos and Mexicans, it's like- Cumbias on Sunday for cleaning. Well, my family was more like low rider style. Right. So I grew Brenton up on Wood. Like, Yeah, I grew up on a lot of like, uh, my dad was from Logan. I grew up on a lot of like Motown, on a lot of, um, you know, The Doors, Zeppelin, Ooh, nice. you know, so you're always into the classic rock. You and the guitar were just destined to cross well, my paths. My mom, she told me she went in here in SD. She saw Janis Joplin. She saw The Doors. She saw Led Zeppelin. And I don't know where I was, but if I was- Not even, was a, not even a thought in the yeah, sky, my I friend. Know, I don't know if I go, was I in there belly <laughs> listening to Zeppelin? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I go, damn, okay, that's where I get it from. And then that's when I used to get in trouble because the vinyl collection, my aunt and my, you know, my, my dad, don't touch my vinyl. I'm like putting it on and listening to to Zeppelin and and uh, Jimi Hendrix, Axis Bolt. She saw Jimmy live. I was like, dope. These were all the sports arena too, because I remember yeah. once upon a time, if you keep if you like read back and do some research, all shows ran through the sports arena. Yeah. So there's a lot of. I mean, come on, guy. Pod, Blink One Eighty Two, to an extent, Unwritten Law. Like all these bands, Sprung Monkey. Yeah. Like all of these bands, man. It, it, for it a while, Daddy it was Long Legs, Daddy Cool Spoon, Rocket from the Crib. Yeah. You know, like uh, Lucy's Fur Co. Yeah. Bro, the Como se llama? The the there's so many. The Golden Age and the, we the were, Dragons, we, bro. We were part of that. Yes, but everybody had their own thing. Yes, their own sound. Yeah, and and we were just bringing. 
you know, Sonny and what were, were friends with Legion of Doom. Sonny C, the rap group for yeah, sure. LOD. LOD. Yeah. So they had that mentality where me, I was coming from that straight edge, hardcore punk rock. My, Bad like, brains, man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I realized, dude, this, I want to I wanna be a better player. Mm-hmm. And I got more into thrash metal. And then, you know, Sepultura was Brazilians. And I was like, dude, Sold. that's so sick. Yeah, man. you were all about it then. Yeah, so. So you go on tour, you're coming back. You're going from 30 people to 50 people to 200 people. To five to, to thousand, five. yeah. And then you came back that first time from tour. Or the, the first time you realized coming back from tour is like, oh, shit, man. Well, people we really are we, all we, about we, we this. We each come home with a nice big stash of cash. <laughs> like it was like a, like a wad and we, we'd have it in our pockets. Like, dude, we had a good tour, man. Yeah. But before that, you know, we were struggling. We didn't have like cash app and all that. Hey mom, can you, uh, Western union me some cash. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd go to Western union and I got a hundred bucks coming in, dude. Cause like you, there's no lonelier feeling than being on the side of a road. Cause you have a flat and it's cold as shit and it's dark and nobody knows how to change a tire. If they do, you're like, bug, I don't want to go out there. It's cold. Like those are some of the stories that you don't tell. Those aren't the glorified stories. Well, just like an athlete that's training in mm-hmm. the morning all, and there ain't no glory. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as yeah. a man. you're waking up in a town and there's nobody there. And then you look and you find out that your family's having a big fiesta at home. And you're like, man, I wish I was home. I'm struggling over I'm here. In Idaho, bro. It's a shit, <laughs> crappy man. show. Yeah. 20 and, people. And, yeah, and you're like, dude. And then, and then you start to think like, what am I doing? And then, and then you start to see the promise. Yeah. But it's true. You work at something, you work at something. And then when it pays off, everybody's like, because my mom used to be like, where are you going? Going on tour. What? Yeah, leaving. Mijo, no. Yeah, who's, 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 who's watching you guys' back? You guys are just, we got some shows booked. We're just going to go. So it's kind of crazy, man. Like Leap of faith. It's, it's scary. You're out, going out in the big world and just you and your homies. It Was there a, never a, like a, a shit or get off the pot mentality or moment where it's like, yo. No, we all had to quit our jobs. That's, that's a shit or get off the pot yeah. mentality for sure, We're man. Like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to make rent and do all this, but we've. We need to put our heart and soul and hundred percent into this. Up, or, up until um, what album were you guys? Were you still working? Uh, up until the Brown album. The Brown. Mm-hmm. I worked at Hot Topic. Oh, <laughs> you sold me a Green Day shirt, yeah. isn't it? Was, hey, yeah, they were very <laughs> supportive. It was store number three, Parkway Plaza. Okay, and they were really supportive. For a minute there, we would. That was like, a cool one, the one in East County. Yeah, that was so a cool Hot that's Topic. Where I worked, man, and they wanted me to move up. And be a assistant manager. I can't do it. I'm going to go on tour. And they were cool with me leaving two, three weeks and coming back. I still have my job. Hell yeah. So they were cool. And then they had a newsletter. Hey, Marcos from POD. And then finally we got signed. The funny thing about getting signed was you think, oh, you signed the, you signed the, uh, the contract. It's like, oh, it's instantly changed. Like, it's not. You're like, when's the check coming in? It's not like there's someone there with a the check going, here, you signed. Here's your money. Yeah. No, you. The big check. <laughs> corporations. Yeah, you signed. Now the check's going to come in about a month. And we're like, oh, fuck, what I do to work? Yeah, what I do until man. then, you know? Yeah, and then you're telling friends, work, the lawyers are working on the agreement for a year and a half. And you're, you're not signed. People start talking. Carria, man, he says he's signed, but he's not signed because he's still working here at Hot Topic. There's a hustle, man. <laughs> so you were there for a year and a half before you were signed? Yeah. Oh, shit. And then we finally signed it. And our attorney's like, I got it to where I feel that you can have a good career. You're not going to get ripped off but I could have done better. And we're like, dude, that means it's going to go two years, three years. 
we need to get our foot back in the door. There's a lot of trust that you guys have to put on your representation, whether it's a manager, whether it's an attorney or somebody who represents you financially, like, or are you guys savvy that you knew all about how, how to handle it? Well, I mean, we, we live and learn. It's, yes, sir. It's, uh, trial and error, but look at the Tribe Call Quest story. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with that. Yeah. Legends. Mm -hmm. Sold all these records mm -hmm. and made nothing. Zero. Yeah, that's a and common tale, bro. Because a lot of guys just want the fame and they think, oh, no, no. So for us, we waited it out for a year and a half and they think, oh, these guys are going to get tired and they're desperate. They want the money. It's like, nah, dude, I'll keep working my day out, my job and let's make sure that the deal's decent. Because then just like a like an athlete, you prove yourself, then you renegotiate that deal and then you get paid more. Well, here's the thing. You guys were a very hardworking band. You know, yeah, the, the, from, band from the beginning, day, you know, from the from the offset, from getting started, it's like you guys were grinding, hustling, doing it on your own. So a record label like Atlantic coming through, they're looking at like, man, they're doing all the heavy lifting already. You know, they're they're touring on their own. They're bringing in over 500 people in the middle of nowhere USA, and they're bringing people and selling merch. They're doing all this on their own without our support. Well, that's well, what they want. Yeah, so it's, you, yeah, because that's how you do it. If you had money and you were going to invest into mm -hmm. something, you want to see like, okay, what are the numbers that they're doing? What are they? Are they a solid group? They're not going to break up after we a sign a proven them. commodity. Yeah, yes, and exactly. you guys did that. Well, most bands that are getting signed, that's what they have to prove. You have to do that because yeah. nobody wants to invest a quarter of a million to a million dollars. Yeah, because you get a bunch of suits looking at you. It's like, all right, now imagine if we throw some of our muscle, some of our money, some of our like, we'll trip on this. I mean on fundamental elements of Southtown, mm. people think that when you get signed to a major label, that it's all about you. There's internal f like fighting for attention. Now you're under the umbrella of like for us Atlantic, but then you have the guy who signed Kid Rock, Sugar Ray, all these other bands. He wants his bands to get all the attention from the label. Then you got our A&R guy who signed us is trying to get us to get attention from the radio department, from the publicity department. And then nobody's like, everyone's like, no, 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 pay attention to my artists. Yeah. Get, them, get them the Rolling Stones mm -hmm. and get them on MTV. And then the other band's like, well, no, wait a minute. What about this band? So there's internal politics that people don't seem to understand when you get signed. So what we did, we were like, this is do us. Yeah. So we started touring and getting on tours. We weren't getting on radio during that record. The angel on our side was well, MTV. It's crazy that you say that. So I remember, I was, and I was telling Steve about this, when... This was like 2000, right? 2001. No internet. So I, I don't even know how it came about, but I went to your guys' show on 6th and Fur at a church. Yeah. It was on the My mom's church. Is that what it is? And to get in, you brought canned food. That was all my idea. That, and, and Hell yeah, was, bro. And it was you guys. I think it was, can't even think of who it was, but yeah. I remember it was such a packed show. And in the middle of it, I right before they played Southtown, I remember um, Sonny told everybody to sit down yeah. because the I think like the ceiling, because there was like B-Boys going downstairs and then you guys were It was upstairs. on the second floor. Yeah. They had a basement area and this the, the, and it, was, it was gonna- It was collapsing? It was yeah. collapsing, man. Damn, bro. People were jumping, yeah. So I remember that. We've actually broke, in, in uh, Virginia Beach, we did the same type of a show and we broke the floor. God, and what they did? the crowd was just going crazy. And we had to stop it because you don't want people to get hurt, man. No, pues no. Yeah. Um, but dude, you're right, dude. It's like one of those things where you have to prove yourself once you get signed. It's yeah. like when you join the major leagues. Okay, you got a deal. You're in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. Now you're playing all these pros. Now you need to, now you get to get, get up there and bat 300. Yeah. Your goal better not be to get to the majors. It's to be sustainable and stay here yeah. and excel. So, so what you're going to do? So we got in and then 
we made an impression with MTV. Radio wasn't spinning us. The, the local stations weren't spinning us. No 91 Next Love, no Rock 105.3. Not yet. All right. The local right. show, but nothing like on the grand scale. Uh huh. But then TRL was all about people calling in. It'd be she Carson Daly. And, <laughs> and, and he started at 92.5. I don't know if you know. I was unaware show. of that. Nah. Yeah. That was, so he always was like, my boys, dude, I started right there, bro. Chula Vista kid. Then I went to K Rock. And then I, I'm like, what the heck? It was a small world, man. Now he's on freaking Good Morning America. But that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> I like Good Morning now. Shit. Yeah, take back yeah. all the bad things I've ever said now, about Carson You know what, bro? <laughs> Carson Daly was the biggest pan growing no, up, and he, he probably still is. Cool, yeah. Man. You probably would have loved Carson. Dang. Man, like, yeah. No, but it's all good. Dude, that, yeah. I mean, that's the that's thing. Crazy. The image that you portray. Like you, people either like you or they don't. Yeah, quickly and, too. And the thing is, they don't even know. Mm -mm. So I was trying to explain that to somebody. I'm like, dude, when we get on stage, you could be in a fight with your lady or there's some drama with your kids. And then you're like, okay, showtime. Turn it off. Get on. And then yep. you get up there and the crowd's like, ah, and you're just like, do they have no idea? Yeah. I'm so pissed right now. Yeah. I want to chew her ass out or whatever. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're jamming and then you just channel all that energy yep. through that. And then you get off stage and you go Therapy. Back, back to re reality. <laughs> back, hey, what's going on? You know, or yeah. whatever you're dealing with. It's a trip, man, because people look at it. Think about all your favorite artists. You don't know what they're going through before they jump on that stage. And it's- That's very true, man. It's a trip, man. It's weird because sometimes, sometimes when I'm high, I'll be like, you know, in, in a car. Sometimes. <laughs> and we'll just be driving around and my wife is driving me around and I'm like, damn, look at all these cars. All these cars, inside those cars, there's so many dramas. There's, each one has their own little pedos. Like, oh, we got it. We're dealing with this. We're dealing with that. But on the outside, everyone's just gonna, you know, going on their merry way. Well, that's why social media is so popular. Mm -hmm. The social media is showing what you're saying. Everyone's yeah. just looking a certain way. Yeah. But behind the scenes, they're Pull like back the curtain. They're like, oh, we're the happy couple, right? Yeah. But no, then you find out, like, damn, I wouldn't. There's there's cracks in that foundation. There's cracks in that. Those people yeah. were having that type of drama. Yeah, bro. When you get to know them, you're like. Oh, I thought they were perfect couple, man. I had pues, I give me the good, the bad, and the ugly of a record label. You okay. know, yeah, like of a record label. Because, you know, growing up, you're like, oh, shit, I want to get signed. I want to get on there and tour and see what these guys can do for me. Obviously, the good. Well, the good is relationships. Mm -hmm. That starts even on your friendships. That, that I'll, I'll tell anybody who's trying to start up, I go, it's all about your relationships. And, and what I mean by that is when you meet people, you never know how that's going to affect your career at some way or another. Don't burn a bridge. But not even that, just be cool, be nice and be a nice person because that person could be the next record exec in, in a few years. And you're like, dang, I never saw that coming. I fucked that up. You know? <laughs> but then they're like, dude, you always cool. I love you, bro. What are we doing together? And then you're like, wow. But yeah, I don't do it for, with any intentions. I'm just saying you got to keep that in mind is, is, is knowing how to network and how to have, good relationships with people. And then the, the ugly is, uh, a lot of times they're gonna just look you straight in the eye and say, I'm gonna screw you over, take it or leave it. Damn. And then you go, then that's when you bet on yourself and say, well, I believe in myself as an artist, perfect story, the Suge Knight, Dr. Dre story. Suge Knight bullied Dre and said, I'm keeping all these recordings from what I understand the early stuff. And Dre said, well, I know my skill set. I'm going to bet on myself. You keep those. I got more. Got Eminem. That whole 50 cent trickled down after that. Chronic 2000. He's made more money now. He didn't have to count on all Headphones. That. Yeah. <laughs> Workout apps. Exactly. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Not for sure. So you got to bet on yourself, but that's the, that's the, that's the ugly side. But you got to. It's a it, business. It is. It's a straight it's up business. It's called the music 
business. Yeah. And a lot of people don't seem to understand. They don't know how to separate that. How does a, a record label help you now in 2021? Mm. Is it relevant now as it was in 1995? The record label is just the bank. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that fund your recording. Here's a loan. Yeah. And then you're recouping that money to pay them back. Mm-hmm. And if you don't recoup that money, they drop you or they count it as a tax write-off loss. So they say if a record company is offering you a bunch of money, a lot of producers growing up were like, just take the money and run because there's no guarantee you're going to make it. It's a but, scary story, bro. But, yeah. but, but, reality check. <laughs> but be wise with that money and, um, and definitely uh, make the best decisions. Like, I don't like, like I said, oh, dude, I got all this money. I'm going to go party at all. Yeah. I'm sure that was a phase in everybody's life at one point or the well, other. I mean, there, there can be nights. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like Eastern philosophy. It's balance. Yeah. Don't, don't create it's, habits. It's when you just keep going with it. Yeah, dude, I'm just drinking Cristal every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, cabrón. No, you know what I'm Bucanita saying? Bucanitas, mejor, ¿no? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if the label says they're paying it, you remember you're recouping that. Yeah. Nothing is free, my man. Yeah, so it's all night, coming back and we around were, in the we end. Were party in New York, and I was like, I'm going to have a Cristal. It was popular back in the double lots. I'm going to have a Cristal night. So the label was paying. So like, they were like, dude, Mark, Mark was just ordering Cristal bottle after Cristal bottle. And I was, you know, hanging out with everybody, just pouring it. You want some? And I just called give me another bottle because I knew we weren't paying for it at that time. But <laughs> you're accumulating debt. Mm-hmm. You may never pay it back. So enjoy it. <laughs> but I didn't do it all the time. I was like, no, oh, you got to pick your, you better pick it out. Yeah. You know, being on the record label. Yeah. You're on Atlantic. Was there certain limitations? Was there certain being like a quote unquote Christian rock band? Was it, was, did that kind of like, um, Make it difficult to get signed, to get gigs, to get other bands. Do you guys consider yourself a Christian rock band? Mm. How did that label even come on you guys? Well, a lot of it is is because of our front man. Mm-hmm. You know, we joke around. Sonny has a, a a nickname that all our friends in the industry, the Reverend. Mm. Hey, the Rev, and he chuckles about it. And you know, I got a. Re- I'm like so. I said I'm not Sonny, and he's not me. That's where the balance comes in. For I'm every not, yin, there's I, a yin. I, yeah, I'm not trying to be him and he's not trying to be me, but it balances each other out. The thing is, there's a lot of respect for each other. I think at some point we were always like, at some point it was like, he, he was trying to like, you got to be a little more like me. And I was like, or he felt that we should be a little bit more the same. And I was like, dude, I'm never going to be like you and you're, and you're never going to be like me. Once we accepted that from each other, boom, we have the best friendship ever. And we've grown older and it's freaking awesome. And you got to understand the limitations and boundaries of somebody's convictions. And I'm like, hey, dude, I get it, man. That's where you're at. This is where I'm at. But I'm not going to go do something and rub it in his face. And then he's not going to try to do the same with me. That's a beautiful thing about growth, man, as a human. We need and, more and, of that. And, and, more respect the, for well, everybody. But, but here's the like thing, though. Here. I know. But, here, but here's the thing on, on the whole label. I used to get upset because we never came out trying to say that's what we are. Mm-hmm. That's why we signed to Atlantic Records. We were like, no, we're, we're a universal band. We're kind of like a U2 or a Santana or a Bob Marley. It's got spiritual overtones and that yep. positive vibrations. But the Christian community came in and was like, this is our band. It's fine. And I yeah. used to bug me because I grew up in a Christian home and some of the most crew hypocritical people were those say it loud for the people in the back bro <laughs> so so i was like you know what man it used to bum me out and now it's like 
if that works for you and that's who you think of, who you, it what makes you smile and makes you want to listen to my band. You can't control what people adapt yeah. and, 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 I'm and like, feel. That's you know? cool. Yeah. But a lot of people won't even listen to the band that's, because yeah. they think, oh, that's that Christian band. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that's whack, you yeah. know, because- Labels, man, for better or for worse. It's a stigma. It's a stigma. It's a definite and, stigma. Um, once people get beyond that, but then we meet a lot of fans are like, I'm not a Christian and I, I don't get down with that. Mm -hmm. but, but I love mm -hmm. the way your music makes me feel. And I'm like, that's cool. That's why we try to write a song like a live, every day is a new day. It is, it was uh, influenced by the principles of Christianity which if you look at the 12 step program with any alcoholic, those principles, the 12 step program, is like higher power, the universe, God. And, and you're like, dude, what is this church thing? And you're like, no, no, but they need, alcoholics need to grab to something so they can help them get through their struggle. And those are the principles that are good. So I always say, dude, that's dope. So oh, yeah. I, I don't get too hung up on it anymore because it used to bug me. I was like, we ain't no DC talk. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I feel you. We're not, you know, and. And dude, as a kid, I mean, Striper was doing their damn thing. Striper, yeah. You know, and, and they're still doing it. So I was like, but we ain't no Striper either. Nope. So we, we grew up in the neighborhood. But we, that was our upbringing from our families, you know? And I, I went to church in Bonita, dude. And On Bonita Road or what? Yep. Yeah, across from the golf course. Bonita Valley Christian yep. Fellowship. And yeah. I went there to a youth group and we were all youngsters partying so many different friends i see now i'm like dude we all went to church together but we were causing havoc going to youth group yeah it was like high school that's what i was talking to the homie <laughs> the homie josh from 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 dogwood yeah. same kind of stigma got yeah. put on them and like you know we have our beliefs but we wouldn't classify us as a christian punk band yeah but everyone else around them did yeah. so ultimately it was like they were you know kind of like pigeon held in that group yeah but they rip you know yeah. it's like you just gotta get rid of the labels and I fell in love with you guys when I saw people that look like me doing outstanding shit on stage mm -hmm. all around the world. And then I remember like you guys made a video and I remember we were talking, I was talking to Glasses about it. He said he skipped school or something to go and yeah. be on that video. I had homies Which from- Which one? On the- Southtown. Southtown? Yeah. yeah. Mailing with yeah. a taquero and all that? That's yeah. Not, I, like, again, social media wasn't around. So yeah. I don't even know It was how, word of mouth, bro. How it came about at Southwest that we heard about it. Oh. And we were going to go, I was in senior year, we were going to go swimming- uh, I was on the swim team and we we're going to go to Mar Vista. Mexicans don't swim, fool. Guys, they don't see go. What are you talking about? That's what you get over. We man. quick too. Miguel Phelps. <laughs> me and the homies, we, we skipped swimming just to go see and, and be in the view. I don't, I think like my hands part of the video, I was like, that's my hand right there, man. And but, it's crazy because even in Benita, there was, I remember there was a band was called like, Logos and then it was yeah. the, the Montoya brothers and the Rivera brothers and they, they were in the video. I was like, shit, I should have gone. I was like, damn, I fucked up. And then I watched the video and it was like, it was new. It was it was eye opening. It was inspiring. It was like, whoa, man! These are dudes that looks like us. They have the, their their last names end in like a in a vowel. Yeah. You know, it's like these dudes are they're Mexican. Mm -hmm. They're they're like you know uh, Guamanian. They're this they're that. They're from the fucking hood, and they're blowing up and they're doing their thing. And for yeah. me, that was like shit. I, I want that. How do yeah. I how do I do that? Maybe not in music, but in something else. Like how well, do I create well, think that? About it, dude. When you go to Chicano Park, whether you're Christian or Catholic you see all the spiritual stuff, art and everything. If you think about it, whether you believe in what we believe in or not, you look at POD and you're like, okay, well, it makes sense. They're from freaking South Bay. They got some spiritual side to them. You know, they got the hood, the neighborhood. They like the punk. They like the hip hop. That was where we didn't fit in. Cause a lot of, you know, back then growing up, 
I didn't have the blonde, long hair and blue eyes. It was like, how the hell are you going to fit in? That's why when Zach came out from Rage Against the Machine, I was like, okay, boom, there's one. Yep. Gino from Deftones, there's boom. two, you know? And then you got a lot of bands that just started coming in on the, on the metal, new metal scene. You're like sitting there going, and then there was us. And it was like, boom, literally. Because for, for me, it was like, <laughs> it was no effects. And yeah. then I was like, oh shit, they have a Mexican guitar player. Yeah. Fucking and El Jefe. Jefe is you know? cool too, man. I, I'd be, I'd be, we played a show together in, uh, in Mexico City, Hell, Heaven and Hellfest. Mm -hmm. And I ended up hanging out with Eric and, and Jefe and, and uh, Fat Mike. Funny story, Fat Mike, I was sitting with my dad because every time we play Mexico, he's like, I'm coming down with you, mijo. You know, Take me I to the motherland, yeah. Canigo. Hell <laughs> so yeah. We, he comes down there and he gets treated like- Royalty. Everyone's like, you're Marcos' dad, blah, blah, blah. Venga pa' acá, viejo. Buying him drinks. Yeah. He said that happened at House of Blues at the show. He's like, everybody's buying me. I got to get out of there, dude. Ah, sí, el yeah, el I, like, <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you you met my dad, right? My parents. That's uh, weird, weird stories, man. Like we've our, our lines have crossed, but not knowing. Yeah, my parents have, were at a casino- and like just kind of randomly talking, your dad would talk about the brewery and then it came up who you were. And then my mom's like, oh, and then like, ah, and then it's like, oh, you know, they, the casino. The, yeah. And the casino, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, and that's what I tell people is like, Chula Vista is big, but it's so little. Yeah. You, you, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. South San Diego, South Side, South Bay, a while from yeah. Paradise Hills, from fucking Barry Logan, downtown, south to the border of San Isidro. Yeah. It's like, it's one huge community, bro. Big time. So you got to watch what you say. You got to watch who you piss off. You got to watch how you act because everybody's watching. Yeah. Everyone's listening. Yeah. And it's just one big family. And that's what I love, man. So it's like, now, you know, we, 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 we've created something here on, at the brewery that people recognize, you know, and then we wear a shirt. It's like, oh, right, cool. Yeah. Or like, it's a band like PLD. Oh shit. The band. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like. It's like, oh, fuck, I love it. I, I love it. It comes with a sense of responsibility on our level. I cannot imagine the pressure, the sense of responsibility that comes on, uh, on somebody like you being like the, the lead guitarist of a fucking international rock group, uh -huh. rock stars, bro. That must be overwhelming. It used to give me social anxiety. I don't doubt and, it. And I yeah. used to not want to go out because mm. I was like, man, I don't know what people think. And I was like, what do they want? Get, yeah, I used they, to get in my head. Yeah, and they're my friends. And they're then, using me. And once I got... Over that, I learned that you only live once mm. in this life and you only get one shot at it. You're going to have to learn how to vet certain situations and not judge the whole room and go in and be like, this dude's legit. This person's cool. I'm not sure about this person. This person's kind of a hater. I, some of the things that they say or their tone that they're taking. Check your me. tone. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Not for sure. And then I don't get into any bad. I'm just like, whatever. I don't, I don't need you in my life if you're not going to be a positive role in my life. So I've learned to just kind of dust things off, you know, and go, yo, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sweat this. Cause you know what? I got my kids. That's all I got matters. my family. I love them. And bottom line is all I'm going to do is try to be the best guitar player. Do your best to be your friend, best. Homie, dad in my community, dude. Which leads to the good, the bad and ugly of being a rock star. You know, obviously you grow up, you have aspirations of being on stage and playing for thousands and thousands of people, getting all the accolades, the money, the ladies, the party, and the, you know, woo woo. What's the good, the bad, and the ugly of being a rock star, man? Well, I mean, it, any, it's anything. Think about what the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of running a business is. A, a band is pretty much a business. And then you got to really check yourself on what your intentions are. Like, and then you have, you really got to love it. Cause when the, when the pie starts to get smaller and smaller, because no one buys records, why do I do this? I dedicated my life to this. 
I'm still here. We're, we talk about all the time. We're still here. We did a show in uh, Minneapolis on the satellite 2021. 20, Felicidades, bro. Yeah. 20 fucking years. Yeah, that's crazy. And how many bands can say that? I know. And, <laughs> and that's what we, and it's the same guys. So we're kind of sitting there going like, yo, like we're still here, man. And we're older. We're like getting older. And we look at bands like Metallica mm-hmm. and these bands that are still doing it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, suicidal. Rolling Stones. Yeah. Bro. And we're like, I don't, are we going to be there? I didn't see ourselves being here 20 something, 30 years later. And we're still here. Like a bunch of freaking old timers freaking rocking up. But we don't care, man, because we love it. Hell yeah. And we love, like every, every time when we're on this tour, I, I look at the crowd and I, I was I always mentioned, I said, look at all, put the lights on. I want to see all those beautiful smiles. And you know what, man? That's what I saw. I say, what's up, everybody? And you look, no matter what city in, they, yeah, they're all smiling. And it's just like, that's, that's why we do this. Because everyone has so much shit in their personal lives. It's an escape, this, right? This, this is where we escape together. Bueno. And this is where we sing and we provide hope and inspiration. Even 30 years later, bro. Yeah. Even fucking 30 years later. And dude, nothing's perfect. Never. There, there's always going to be drama in some aspect or another. There's some business shadiness or something. But then we're just like, yo. That just makes it when fun. We, when, we get, <laughs> when we get on stage, it all disappears. And it's four dudes from the neighborhood going, yo, this is what we're doing. This is why, we, why we're here. That's why these people love our band. Let's do it. How did you celebrate the 20th anniversary of Satellite? Well, I was going to tell you that story. We were in Minneapolis and remember how I said earlier that we opened for Green Day yeah. because we got the hundred people. Yeah. The well, Green Day just did this big tour with Weezer and they did all these stadiums. Well, the, the keyboard guy in the back, one of the utility guys, a friend of mine, Jason Freeze, which is John, Josh, Josh Freeze's brother. brother. He plays in Green Day. Glasses. Time out. Josh Freeze, probably the most epic fucking drummer yeah. you'll ever come across, bro. Started a studio drummer. He's a Vandals drummer. He was a perfect circle drummer. He's a Devo, fucking animal the police. Devo drummer. Uta madre, not bro. the police. Though. Imagine it. Oh, fuck. Not the police. That's sorry. That's not, that was wrong. Take. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Reese, bottom line. Perfect circle. Fucking stud, yeah, bro. We've talked about him already. Because yeah. I want to nail that into your head, bro. Like okay. <laughs> but Jason Freeze is. Es su carnal. That's his brother. And he plays it, the, the, the keyboard, key, just utility, whatever's yeah. needed. Like Louis Castle from Tribal Season. Yeah. That's for POD. Same kind of thing. So we've been, we've built a friendship and, and he got me into the show in Milwaukee because we had a day off, but we noticed we were playing Prince's Club and he hit me up and he goes, dude, I didn't know that you guys were playing next door at Prince's, you know, for whatever, First Avenue. I'm like, yeah, dude. He's like, I would have came out. Billy Joe just told me that he went next door because the hotel was right there. And uh-huh. we're like, whose buses are those? And he goes, he came in and checked out a few songs. He didn't say hi. But I'm thinking, full circle, dude. He came sure. to watch us jam a couple of songs. He was in the room and he told the homie, he's like, yo, I went over who was playing. Oh, P.O.D. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't know if he liked it or not, but you know what? <laughs> it was one of those things, man. Like, yo, that, that's crazy because of the history. What's the camaraderie between bands? Uh, it, it's either good or it's either like- It's a cutthroat? It's all, well, dude, sometimes it's kind of um, amongst other bands, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's very competitive. And, and, and without even being said, like they either 
in and they're down or they, they got that haterade going on? Because the reason, <laughs> I've never told this story before, oh. but once upon a time, you know, we, we, we won a, like a battle of the bands and we got to open for Green Day at the Coors Amphitheater. Okay. And you know, we're playing and we're running around and Billy Joel, I guess, runs and tells somebody we're playing our show, we're doing our thing. Have that band not sell their merch. We're like, what? He's like, that, I don't want the money that could go to us to go to these guys. I was like, oh shit. And you know what? We were just happy to be there, bro. We were just, it was a green, it was green day and the living end. One of my favorite fucking bands to play with, you know, and, and we got an opportunity or listen to, and we got who an opportunity you? to play. Out of curiosity, who told you that? El Cantante, bro. From? Green Day. Billy Joe was like, I don't want those guys fucking. But he play. told you that? Yeah. He told one of his, one of the assistants, like, to go tell those guys we don't want them selling. Because a lot of times, here's this messed up part about the music industry. And we're at the and bottom totem pole, bro. <laughs> I don't see why he would sweat the, the open opening band. A lot of times it's the manager. I don't doubt it manager, for sure. And then it, the artist gets blamed for it. And it happens to every band. And this sometimes time I love Green Day. I'm not saying that that, that couldn't have been the case. <laughs> But dude, a lot of that is trickle down. Bro. I'm glad you, I, I'm glad you finally told that story because all the time Green Day plays, they're like, "Is that really his favorite band?" It's always like, That's oh really? Band. No. Oh. He's hated. Green it got me. It got me years. really buttered. I was like, "Bro, we're just a band from Chula Vista playing in our home, like yeah, the biggest show I'll ever play." You know, yeah. it was always that Coors Amphitheater, was it whether for Warp Tour or opening for these guys? I find it hard to believe that the headlining band that's playing the whole shed would even there it is. I'm worry, gonna, worry, I'm a Green Day CD. Worry, uh, worry about the. Can I, can, I, can I listen to Dookie all over again? Because I stopped for a while. <laughs> Would you, well, here's, here's, a, here's a crazy story about that band, which you got to respect. They, I don't know, you remember that album Nimrod? Yeah. They came back. I mean, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no I hate that. Album. Yeah. But check it out. They did that album and they were Dookie, you know, a few years ago, Dookie, whatever. They, they were Green Day. Well, Blink was at the top of the game. So Blink... They had to open for Blink. Oof. And what they did was like, dude, we're just going to make all the money and tour in a van like our old punk rock days. Knowing that they bet, once they bet on themselves, what came after Nimrod was the next record, American Idiot. American Idiot, bro. Yeah. They did that going, okay, we're going to humble ourselves. We don't care. We're not big rock stars. We're going to play in front of Green uh, Blink. Let Blink have their glory. And they came back even stronger, dude. What does that tell you? And even till today. Punk rock mentality, DIY. Don't give a fuck what you do and put it in my way. I'll always overcome. But it's okay to take a step back. A lot mm -hmm. of times we've done it. There's times we're like, boom, boom. But we're like, all right, cool. I guess we're, we're going to play in front of this band tonight. That's funny because Blink-182 mm -hmm. always gets brought up in those kinds of stories. Like nobody really wanted to open for them. They're like, what the fuck? You know, like I was, like I told you, I'm, I'm always alluding to the last few books that I read. And Blink-182 got brought up on the No Effects book. And they were like, they offered us a million dollars to open for them. And we said, no, fuck that. So I was like, oh shit. So it's like, is there like a sense of like, I don't want to like deal with these guys. They're not even punk. Cause I, you know, Blink-182 always got that kind of pushback. They're not a real oh, punk, dude. man. Let's take it to now. Uh -huh. Machine Gun Kelly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He basically took the recipe of Blink, got the drummer from Blink and it, the production of Blink. And it's pretty much redone Blink and it's selling like crazy. Yeah. And he didn't have that much popularity with his hip hop. So if you think about that, it's it's crazy because it, it's just going full circle again. But Travis is actually reaping the benefits oh, of the whole time. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. He's um, another talented artist. Crazy thing. I, 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 we never got to this part of the story with my dad when I was in Mexico. 
we played that festival in Norfolk. Hell yeah. Um, we're in this hotel. All the bands are staying there. It's five star, I think. And we're all, you know, in the morning, there's the buffet. And uh, I see Fat Mike and I told my dad, I go, oh, dude, there's Fat Mike, dude. Like this freaking, the singer from No Effects. Like that's, that's a badass legend right there. To You know, to all of us. All of us, me, yeah, for like, sure. I was like, so I see him, he gets, he puts his water down on a table. Me and my dad are on our table and I see him get up to go to the buffet. And then some random family comes in and just sits in his table. <gasps> but he didn't, he wasn't there to claim he was by himself. So I don't know him from, from Tom, Dick and Harry, bro. I don't, I just know him because he's freaking fat Mike. Fat Mike. <laughs> so he comes back and he's like looking at the table and he's tripping, dude. And he's like, damn, someone took my seat and then it was full. And I go, Mike. And he looks at me. He doesn't know. I go, hey, bro, you're welcome to come sit with me and my dad. And then he goes, all right. So he brings his food over and he sits down, dude. And he goes, thank you, man. That, that's awesome. And I go, he's all, who are you with? And I'm on with P.O.D. He's all, oh, cool, man. And then we start talking. He ate breakfast with me and my dad. And then later that night at the bar, I was with Jefe and Eric. And we were all just hanging out. And he comes up and he goes, hey, dude, that was probably one of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me. And I go, really? He goes, dude, you don't know me. I go, I know who you are. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of no effects, bro. He's all, but you and your dad didn't have to invite me to come sit down at your table. And I go, dude, it's all good. And then he got into snotty Mike and started trying to test me. Uh -huh. And he started giving me crap because he's like, you, me you metal bands need to be more, you know, out there about your voice against this administration and all stuff. And I said- Oh, that was in the I, Trump, I'm sorry, the, yeah. the uh, George Bush era. He, yeah. No. No? No, no, no. Because I remember he came out on a whole thing and was no, this like- This was recent where he was getting threatened at punk rock bowling because- Oh shit, because he was talking shit about the- Yeah, the whole yeah. The shooting. The shooting in Vegas, bro. He got dropped yeah. by Stone, Stone Brewing for that. Yeah. So the he, punk and Drublik tour. He had to take that tour to Europe because they didn't want him to do it here. So dude, he starts crying Neta. and starts- talking about how, you know, he's got death threats and all this stuff. And he goes, but dude, one of the, one of the coolest things that you, I'll never forget. Thank, thank you, bro. Thank you for, for, for being so nice to me. That's awesome. And I man. was like, damn, you know, those little things. Remember what I was telling you about how. Extend an olive branch. Cause you don't know. But that networking and yeah. that friendship, like, and dude, and ever since then I've, I've become pretty decent friends, especially online with Eric. Eric lives in Powell. Well, Eric lives in San Diego. Mm -hmm. I didn't say that. Eric Melvin or yeah. Eric the drummer? Eric Melvin. Okay. You're going to go and then, search for him now. With mm, and then, uh, uh, and then. I may or may not have gone to his cafe. And uh, then, <laughs> cafe, they're, they're always looking at my stuff. Hey bro. And they're, they're commenting on my stuff. He posted a picture. Eric posted a picture of me and him. And he's like, let's get the kids together. We haven't done it yet. And he, and you know, he got some flack on his, all the punk rock fans are like, you know, you know, cause we're POD and we're completely not punk. Like, like, what are you doing hanging out with a Mexican? Well, Is it well, way? Well, you know, there's the Christian thing. Yeah. And there's the, the new metal thing. And they're like, the punk rock fans were like, that band, this and that. And, and he was super cool about it. This is my bro right here. And I was like, dude. And ever since then, like, we've had this friendship. Like, hey, bro, what's up, man? Hope you're doing well. That is awesome, And I'm bro. like, dude, I never would have thought I'd have this friendship with no effects. That all came from being in Mexico City at a festival, dude. I, I mean, I haven't hung out with them, but we talk about it all the time. There it's, it is. It's hang. All right, I'll go. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you're but saying I should go. <laughs> they're, to me, out of all this pop punk stuff, they're the legends, bro. Ah, huevo. Sin duda. Yeah. They, they, they got it started. I don't want to say they got it started, well, but they, they perfected that, sound, that, that sound. sound. 
with blinked us mm-hmm. and talking all that they track. Perfect. That's that why is- they didn't want to take the money. Like, I'm not opening for a band that's like following it in our footsteps well, for a million well, dollars or not. I don't, I don't know like, if it's true or not, but don't quote me on this. I think he, uh, that Mike told me that he helped them write some songs. Okay. And I didn't, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And he goes, I write for a lot of people that people don't know. Oh, fuck yeah. So I go, that's pretty cool. He's a business guy, bro. Oh. That guy is a pinche cerebrito. Like, like he gets down. Yeah, he gets down. He knows what he's doing. Everything is calculated. It's a chess move. It's not like boom, boom. He's very snotty for being an older guy. That's all I can say. Snotty is just like, okay. Damn, I got to get that book now then. It's a great book, yeah. man. People make fun of me. Why are you reading this? It's a fucking awesome book. What book? And no effects, the hepatitis bathtub or something oh, like that. okay. Great book. It just kind of goes into each one of their stories, addiction, dealing with fame, the issues that they dealt with growing up and they're very intimate. Like a lot of the stories like Melvin was talking about like things that he encountered as a young man that shaped his whole like life, being intimate with people, being communicative with people. It's, it's a good book, man. Especially for you that you, it, it, your homies with them, you know, yeah. you, you have a relationship with them. I don't know. Maybe it'll, I, mean, you know, I wouldn't say we're like the best, best. Most too late. You said you guys hang out together. No, no, I said <laughs> we talk about it. And That's cool, man. And, um, and, and, you know, Instagram is a, funny place dude for better or for worse yes yeah it is it either gets you in trouble with the hyenas mm-hmm. or or, or <laughs> you get- glasses? <laughs> shit man uh, i always no, worry about guys because- who disappear on, on instagram well, all of a sudden it's, it's, this account has been well, deactivated <laughs> hey you'll never i mean when, and it, you kind of oh, get shit. you'll wake up to it one morning it's like how come you like this picture mm-hmm. or why is this person liking their picture and you're like sitting oh shit. i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean shit. it's crazy it, and it really can make you or break you your favorite band to tour with? Mm. To tour with. Or ever played a show with. Okay. The first, one of the first bands to ever take PODL. A lot of people don't know this. Primus. Hey, wait, Les Claypool is a fucking legend, bro. Yeah. Oof. That is awesome. And uh, the Are other, they weird? The, nah, dude. <laughs> That's hella, what I imagine, right? I imagine those guys just being weird, man. Yeah, cool. When we got that opportunity, we were shocked. And it was because of Southtown. Okay. Les, Les loved Southtown. Southtown is that song that just connects with a lot of people, like the guys from Quicksand, all these people, they'll come to you, do that song. And when I heard that, it reminded me of that East Coast post-hardcore. And I was like, well, that's what, we, that's what, that's yeah. what, that's what we coming from too, but we're bringing the West Coast style. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Primus. <sighs> and dude, that was, that was dope. That Biggest was- show you ever played? Probably, you said Mexico City, so it's probably Mexico City, because that's a, a Mexico City, Estadio Azteca. Pues sí, over a hundred. Sold, sold yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Just us and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Damn, con el compita flea, bro. Anthony Kiedis. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. That's insane, right? Biggest show ever. I don't, well, d- and dude, the thing is people think it's, oh man, you're going to be so nerd. Like, like it's so many people that it just looks like- It's a nothing. blur. It's yeah. white noise. You just look out there and you're just like, you're playing and the stage is huge and you're just jamming the songs the same way. And they're just ah, going on. But, they're, but then they're, awesome. the stage is like- 30 feet away, super high. And you're looking down and you're just like, dude, we're so far from everybody. But then you look at the arena with all the lights. I mean, the stadium and you're just like, dude, this is crazy. These kinds of bands that, are, that have longevity, do you think they, 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 they hand select bands that they, wh- when did that tour take place? 2003. Okay. So that was a bomb and the punchy punchy era for you guys. That's, yeah, that's when they were doing their thing. So they probably handpicked you guys. You know what? We're going to Mexico city. Well, these guys are hitting on all cylinders. There, there is a, uh, I don't know what you call it. What the, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you, a common factor. You'll see bands today that are like legendary, like the Chili Peppers. They'll bring like 
strokes mm. or they'll bring bands that are new and up and coming that are actually gonna, the, the goal here is to bring more people in and just a, a security blanket to make sure that the show is packed. Mm. Oh yeah, the Chili Peppers, they'll pack it out. But who do we want on there? We, we want this band on here that is actually making waves and people- Right love. now, the next big thing. Yes, yeah. or they're, they're, they're big, but not that big. Red Hot Chili Peppers big. That's why, well, Red Hot Chili Peppers, they don't, they don't need to bring anybody. But I remember last time I saw them here in San Diego, the Mars Volta was opening. Isn't that awesome? That That's was fucking dope. rad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Two different bands. Yeah. But when well, even you guys are like completely yeah. two different bands. Yeah. Completely different, but you know, it works. What's crazy about that show too is they had two false starts. Like where they were messing up. Mm -hmm. And that's when we knew like these guys, they're a real band. They just play their stuff raw, dude. And more respect up. as a but musician Anthony to those. Was, Anthony was getting upset though because we were on stage watching and we're like, Ooh, they messed up. But that's cool. They're human in front of a hundred thousand people, dude. Loud. They were probably screaming. No, he was going to the drummer like, what the hell's going on? Hey, Will Ferrell, what the fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Don't name the band, but there has ever been a show that you're like, fuck, I regret playing the show with these guys. Uh, uh, I, name I, Don't name them. Yeah, you don't have to name them, but I mean, like, name it. you know, you know who? Fuck, Eric Gaza's jumping. What, you know about that? Really? I'm curious because I'm like lost right now. Go ahead, go ahead, drop, drop that shit, homie. No, damn. I'm, I, I really want to know which band it was. Oh shit! Does it rhyme with hid cock? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> does it rhyme with oh, hidden? Well, I, well, dude, I mean, we did a we did a show with Kid Rock uh, for Rolling, for Rolling Stone uh -huh. and Jamaica. Okay, it was Rolling shit. Stone magazine. It was like for all the college people. But I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that, but see, that was, that was some partying stuff. That wasn't, um, that wasn't a show that was like, like, um, yeah, there, there was a, and there was a couple times where we had to early on when we could, were touring with corn in Europe, like somebody accidentally pulled the plug on our, on our power on stage. Cause the crowd was rocking and we're like, how did that happen? Oh shit. You know, weird stuff like that. And then no one like, who just unplugs our thing. Weird. Yeah. Jonathan Davis. No. <laughs> We're coming for you. Nah, but I mean, you end up being like, it's like, dude, it's like when you get in a room with, with all your peers, everyone just has a mutual respect, even if you don't play the same style. Like we're all like, like if you're all at, I compare it to sports all the time. I'm a big sport guy. So it's like, oh, dude, I might not be on the same team, but we're homies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a respect because you're at the highest level of your performance. Yeah, you know, you guys, pro, yeah, I'm a pro. yeah, let's respect that yeah. we got to this level and, you and know, we're sharing. You're, hey. There's a lot of personalities though. A lot of different attitudes. A lot of like rock you know star mentality. I'm going to tell you, I get it more as a guitar player mm. from other guitar players. Neta. Why? You know, what do you attribute that to? I don't to? know. It's jealousy, hate. Big energy. I have a funny story. I'm ready, Doc. I haven't left and in a this minute. This is a local one. <laughs> Let's get I don't it. Know if, I don't know if Carlos from Carlos Pius from B side. Me and him actually have a history going way back. Early on, he helped me get one of my first jobs for a night vision company. And he used to pick, like he's like an older brother. He used to pick me up and, and, and take me to work. And that's like cool stuff. Right that's there. how big a community, man. Yeah. I'm telling and, you. Um, you know, they might, they make fun and carrilla like that. But if they ain't making carrilla, then it ain't. It ain't love. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, 
I grew up poor, dude. So I was always like, he's like, you want a job, bro? You know, I, I can get you, come with me. I'll you, I'll pick you up. And I was like, yeah, dude. Damn, you nailed that Carlos voice too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I close my eyes, I see his hair. <laughs> but but seriously though, man, um, I, we were at some art show downtown and there was one of these hipster little hippie, hip bands Ooh, shit. that was kind of making waves at the time. Okay, and, right. I, and I've met the guy. Does it rhyme with? I've met the guy a couple times, and he always act like he never met me before. Yes. So you know how Carlos knows how to just dig at people. Yeah, if you let it. <laughs> well, it, but he, you know, he got he's down. He, he got, got a PhD back. in Carrera, bro. Yeah, he's but good. but he'll he, he, if he's a homie, he'll he'll, he'll talk some shit and, and and actually put some forefront in someone's face. I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but he, I go to this to this thing and he's like, what's up, bro? You know, so the, he goes, have you ever met Marcos? The same guy. He's like, I don't think I was like, nah. and he goes, Carlos, I don't have to say anything. He's like, what are you talking about, bro? This guy sold 10 million records. Did it. And he just started just throwing all this information yeah, at bro. him. PRL, do you like, know who the like, fuck Carson Daly like, is? Like he, he just like <laughs> threw it at him. And then I just sat there and I was like, this is the best because you don't have to say a damn word, mm -hmm. but- you get some people and they're a guitar player. They, they have this ego and I don't care about ego and like, oh, I sold this. Much. I don't care about that. But when someone else does it on your behalf, you get a little wiggle in your pants. Like, <laughs> it's like, yes, right. The universe is looking That's at right. me right now. I don't have to say What band shit. was it, dog? What band was it? I can't. Yeah, you can, fool. Yeah, you can. Now you have to say it, man. <laughs> Fucking Theo Carlos would approve. Who was it, man? You can ask I him. will ask him. He's going to be like, hey, call him, bro. <laughs> Let's call him. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I'll call him right now, But the bro. thing is, he might not even remember. That's no, but see, El Theo Carlos, you know. He'll be like, fuck, yeah, I don't know. That's a lie or something. You know, I'll be like, whatever, dude. Fuck, damn, see? I like that there's dramas in like different industries and everything. It just shows that there's fucking haters everywhere, but man. But there's haters, but then you'll see them at, even like when we were doing OzFest. Mm. Ahí están los cabrones. They're on the side of the stage mm. watching you do your shit on, as a mm -hmm. guitar player. And then you're like, uh, whatever, dude. Then you close your eyes, you start doing things. Yeah. <laughs> Eruption. What's up? Can you do that? Yeah. What's the band? So I can just grab it. Uh, 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 I'll have to tell you off the record. You got we'll it. Bleep it out. Yeah, we'll bleep it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to bleep it, bro. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah. 20 years, satellite. Mm -hmm. I know you work with Casas on a couple of things at Peco Park. Yeah. How has that gone, bro? How did the fucking pandemic affect everything that you guys have worked so hard to promote and put out on an annual basis for touring? How does a band survive that? A lot of bands didn't. Well, a lot of bands went home early. Mm. We got blessed to be able to finish the whole tour. Um, we hit some bumps in some areas personally, um, but we made it. Hell yeah. When we got to the end of it. We were like, dude, we're still here 20 years later from this record. We were able to finish a two month tour through a pandemic. But think about it. That record came out on 9-11. So all that, all that so record knows it. is adversity, bro. Yes. So that album came out on 9-11. We were like, well, this record's doomed. Bam. We go do 20th anniversary during a, during a pandemic. And it was pretty Considering everything, it was pretty successful, dude. Hell yeah. So, hey, man. And just to see, like like Metallica style, the parents that grew up to our music are bringing their kids and they're rocking little POD shirts. Hell and, yeah. And it's like, dang, 
when I feel old, but that, that's the goal. Longevity, <laughs> yeah, right? Longevity is always the goal, As man. As an artist. Doesn't matter how you get there, you get there. You know what? The whole career that we've had, we've seen trends come and go. It was different styles of music that were popular. They're not so popular. The Hoobas things. Well, all, all of them. Go think about it. It was like pop punk, ska. Mm-hmm. Um, the same there, there was the whole rap metal thing. Mm-hmm. And then it was all new metal. And then there's us just still. Chug I, it I, along, out of that bro. whole scene, we're one of the few that are still doing it with the same original. San Diego mentality, bro. Yeah. I don't it's, know, it's, man. It's, it's like it, hustle and grind. I give, I, give, I give praise to job, man, God. Because you know what, dude? That's, that's like some supernatural stuff right there. Got him with the supernatural being, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Man, that was great. Uh, that was, this was awesome. Yeah. I'm happy I got to know you personally yeah. now and sit down and share some time. I can't wait to end this so you can tell me what band we're going to be shitting on, bro. I can't wait, bro. Oh. Go. <laughs> on the, coming up on the Patreon, Marco uh, says, hate this band. <laughs> no, no. I don't even know if they're still doing anything. Ooh, like, that's the biggest dick drop. Yeah, that's the biggest dick drop. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they're still playing. No, no, but, no but seriously, though, like, you'll see, like, even on the local tip, like, People want to hate sometimes. And I'm like, let them hate. What if that band was on our wall? We'd have to cross. Oh, I cross them all right now, bro. Go ahead. The bands that know, no. Like you got like the bands that we've been mentioning. They all, we all were in that scene together. That's mutual respect. It's lit, huh? Is the band lit? Is that, that's what it is? No? All right. They're not from San Diego. It's fucking Smash Mouth, isn't it? But wait, lit, there's some stories there too. Okay, you know what? Let me hear one from lit, bro. Because I was a fucking band. I was a fan of lit, bro. You were? Okay, so check this out. The cool cats, little on the conservative side. And the lit, bro. Don't tread on me. But some, Yeah, but some of the members are. Not all of them. This one particular member that is that way. Funny story. Europe. Passed out. I'm not saying the name so you people can guess because I don't want to get in. Oh, dude, you're, you're slandering me. We're in Europe. Passed out. Pedas. And they have groupies that actually want to do stuff, right? If you get vulnerable, I mean, she could probably get sued because she's taking advantage of a situation. The views expressed by Marcos yeah. on the Emo Brown Show do not reflect what we are about. <laughs> Proceed, compita. So what happened was- Medici uh, Wednesday. I, I, I didn't see it, but somebody was like, dude, you're not going to guess what's happening in the, in the dressing trailer room over here. Homies passed out on the floor, completely out. Like next all like he's out on the floor and- Dicks out and freaking some chicks just freaking going on. And, and everyone's wrapped around the freaking things. <laughs> Mirando, bro. And, and video. Tirandole pinche dólares. And, and I'm all, you know what, dude? Pretend you're drunk all you want because estaba casado, way. And oh, it was like, oh, way. So there you go. That rock star Damn, so fuck, man. You can't give me little stories like that because I'm going to just ask you about all the bands that I was like, Tell me a little bit about this. Oh, there's a lot of stuff, man. Like, Jane's Addiction, bro. Did you guys ever play with like? No. Because those guys seem like they go okay. balls to the wall. Well, they're cool. A uh, good friend of mine is really good friends with Perry. Mm. But one one of the guitar stories that I was mentioning happens to be one of those. And I am not going to- uh, Get him, bro. Am, am I like good at just like pinpointing as well? She done. Está bien. And I Ma- never understood <laughs> why. Sense. I was like, dude, I freaking look up to this dude and he's a freaking dude. Pinchy Dave Navarro, bro. No, no, no. Hey, Carmen Electra in the house. We got Carmen Electra on the line. Hold on. <laughs> nah, but you know what, dude? I, 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 that's where I don't hold a grudge. I'm mm. just like, yo, it's all good, man. Whatever. Fuck. We don't have to be homies. You're- because then I meet other people that I know that know him. They're like, oh, he's cool, man. And I'm like, 
wasn't to me. Not to me. Not to me, bro. And that's all that matters. Billy Joel, Green Day, I forgive you. I am going to go listen to Dookie now. This it's been. A, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to learn yeah. to let it go, man. Marcos, fuck yeah, bro. Thank you for having me. Shit, homie. I'm just going to send you a, hey, tell me a little bit about <laughs> this band. <laughs> Quick text and everything. Yeah. Thank you for cruising man, through, man. Every lawsuit comes up and I'm like, dude. Blame it on you. I don't even know, bro. I don't even know. Thank you for cruising in. You're always welcome here. It's awesome to finally sit down and shoot the shit with you, man. I know the people who are going to listen to this are going to lose their shit because oh, cool. you, you're San Diego through and uh, through. You're Barrio Logan, your National yeah. City, Chula your Chula Vista. Yeah. Your homies are Del Sol, they're San Isidro. We graduated from Bonita. Get on the bro. That just add that to the list of winners from Bonita Vista that High School. That was the last bro. school I got. I was a troublemaker. That was go the ahead. last school. That but did you go to chance. Palomar? No, I then went, you were not no, a I troublemaker. Went to, I, no, I went to um, Sweetwater. Okay, Castle Park. Mm-hmm. Hilltop, Chula, and I graduated from Bonita. Only, only champions finish in oh, Bonita. I, ended I had a stint. I had course. a stint in there. It was called Plato. Was Plato? It was like an uh, when you like eat glue, home, home, sto- home homeschooling, <laughs> and you went to this little trailer. And you, you had class for like an hour. Damn, homie, they put you in the trailer. <laughs> like, you know go over there. Yeah, I know exactly. And, where, yeah, and uh, and you know, I had, you know the the moms was like, I just want you to graduate with your with your with your class. Please. Rainbow graduation. And I did. Well, no, I didn't. I made it with the actual class. So I just did it for her. I was like, dude, just so she could see me wear the cap and gown, bro. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. What a way to end it. So wholesome. <laughs> so, so wholesome, El Vato. Sale, brother. Thank you very much. Glasses. Thank, Thank you for bringing, making this happen, bro. Just a fan. I know. You oh. acted like a fan. You didn't say shit today, bro. You were just in the corner being like, I know, um, man. What's you know, up? So, like, no, this, man, this one time I, like, skipped his cast and, you know and I went to your video. About, you know what's funny about our relationship here? Mm. Like, we, we run, we, we run, well, we run, <laughs> we run in some of the same circles without knowing it. Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of the same people. So the first time I noticed that was when we ended up at the, uh, the, at pool. the pool. At the pool party. I got, I show up to this pool party <laughs> with, with a friend of mine and then I went there and I, and I look and I'm all, oh, dude, what's up, homie? And I'm like, <laughs> like, and it's I know all, you, but yeah, I don't know where from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I knew him, but I was just kind of like, okay, this is a small ass world now for so the, sure. So the f- story that you shared about you know, the effects that you hang out with them on social media, that's me to you. There oh, it like is. Like he shattered me out on my birthday. I was all like a fanboy. I was like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a fan, so. Well, thank you, man. I know, I'm a, and I'm a fan of I'm a two fan. Oh, thank you. Hey, thank you. But that's what's beautiful. We're, I'm a fan too. Like I'm a fan of music. I'm a, I'm a fan of bands. Like people think that, oh, because they have some certain type of success. Oh, I can't be a fan anymore. I'm too cool yeah. for school. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's why we got here. Shit, the only thing that would make you cooler is if you were Manchester United front. Fuck Dave Navarro. Thank you very much. Manchester United. Bah! It's gotta be a man.